So we're going to move to the next, that's the fun section, like the call to section. This is the breaking the cycle section. Uh, and the first question is, why don't black men like gold diggers? I think black men don't like gold diggers because it essentially levels out the playing field. Like a woman wanting a man only for his money is kind of equivalent to a man wanting a woman only for sex. Mm. And it's like that that's what it feels like. And there are certain pains that women will take easier than men will. Like a woman can get cheated on multiple times. A dude get cheated on once. He's like, oh, I can't get past this. So it's like, I think that women, it hurts when you realize someone wants you just for some tangible, superficial thing. And that's the thing that women take advantage of men with. Women put in their time, men put in their money. Mm. Mm. Um, uh, Alicia, you 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 agree with that statement? You don't agree with the statement? Uh, first of all, Casey, is it Casey? Okay. First of all, I feel like I love you. That's one. And if you, I, you said you were single, and I know you like men, but if you ever want to like women, call me. I'm your girl. <laughs> but um, <laughs> on the weekends, the Fourth of July. Okay. <laughs> but um. <laughs> I it depends on as a newly single woman it depends on how what man you date I feel some men feel that a woman who is at a certain uh level I won't say upper echelon because that's relative to personality whatever I don't think beauty or status makes you a great person or a valuable person even Right. But I feel that um, for some men, dating a woman of a certain caliber is a badge. Right. That's why you have so many men, for instance, no matter how many men Lori Harvey date, somebody is in line with the dater. Right. Um, not because necessarily she, I mean, she's gorgeous. So when I say this, I don't, you know, take anything from her. Um, a lot of men, no matter, the body count, no matter, I, I think if she, whatever it is about her, dating her is a badge of honor. There are men who um, willingly love and want and seek out women that look at um, the city girl uh, wave that's going on right now. The young Miamis at a group where she like, I S them and I F them. And I don't know if this is, <laughs> I know this is going to be on internet. she gets peed on. <laughs> <laughs> My mama, who is a minister, to kill me, so I won't say the word. But you know, she asked him, and she asked him, and she take his money. Um, what's her name? Meg the Stallion is the same. Who I feel like is my spirit animal. Um, she, she, she messing with your daddy. She in the ball with your daddy. There are men who want that to date you is a badge of honor. So I, I would say to say men don't like gold diggers would be an absolute. And I try not to work in absolutes because there are a group of men, mainly Nigerians, not that I would know, that love to date women. And if she's expensive, it doesn't matter how much she costs, he gonna pay to play because having her on his arm raises his wealth and his mindset. So you said Nigerian, so Nigerian. And mainly Nigerians. Why do y'all boys like to pay to play? So, so, so chef, why don't? Chef, why you think men don't like gold diggers? Like men go out their way to try gold diggers, right? Can we agree Ooh, on that? Shit. 
True shit. No, I know it's not that we see. That's the, that's the misconception. You feel what I'm saying? Is that uh, we go out our way to do it? If you are grown, okay. For example, so I grew up in a house full of women. So my personal maintenance is a little bit different. The way I'm smelling is a little bit different because I grew up around women. So like they just wasn't having that. They was like the way you dress, the way you smell, your manicure. You know what I'm saying? Like niggas, female don't like niggas with dirty nails. It's, it's like certain shit like that that you have to get into when you are a well-groomed male. And when you assume that position, then you have to understand that you're looking like a walking lick. A female see you, nails done, you know what I'm saying? You Gucci down, you smelling good. She know like, oh, this nigga is, is financially off because of the maintenance that come with it. You know what I'm saying? So they already looking at you as a walking lick. And let's also understand the historical uh, context of it. A lot of females have a sense of entitlement, you know what I'm saying? In, in our community, unfortunately, you know what I'm saying? Not all of them, not stereotypes. <laughs> <laughs> the Felicia's, you know what I'm saying? They think that they're because they're giving a so-called premium a vagina because they look a certain type of way that there are, it, you know what I'm saying? That they are entitled for you to spend the money. You know what I'm saying? And it like it all comes back to the responsibility factor because like what are you bringing to the game other than looks and vagina? Looks fade. You know what I'm saying? And you you, you are very dispensable. Like I said, in the historical context of it, it's just that. This this goes back to pimping and hoeing, you know what I'm saying? When because like I said, men don't like to feel like uh, a man, okay. For example, if you my girl, I already know what I call the seven hundred dollar limit. Anything within seven hundred dollars automatically, and I'm it's, it's like you, it's a tax write off. Okay, I need some tires. Okay, you need to come and see me, right? Okay, cool. You need your hair and nails done, right? Cool. That's in the $700 budget. You feel what I'm saying? That a real man was going to assume having a significant other, just on a, on a girlfriend-boyfriend level. You know what I'm saying? But if you think that it's like going to dinner, like if you think that I, I'm, I have to pay, then you got the game fucked up. Now, a gentleman should always pay and court a lady, but all these bitches ain't ladies and all these hoes ain't women. Uh, excuse me, I have a follow-on question. This $700 limit, is it per occurrence or is it, I mean, just expound for me, please. No, that's just on a monthly basis. Like you should, you know what I'm saying? If you're a man and you're well-established and you need to know that you might have to come out the pocket a little bit. She might need some assistance. She might need gas. She might need a light bill or anything paid. You know what I'm saying? This is on the, like I said, on a committed uh, girlfriend-boyfriend level. You know what but I'm on, saying? But on, that's, a, that's a macro level, but on a micro level, that's like, why men we, don't like gold diggers because they play their emotions. Right, yeah, if we just go to the club, is it necessary that we got to wear jewelry? We got to show we got money. We buy well, everybody yeah. drinks. We it, up here shaking it, it is, and it is, I'm it talking, is it. I'm talking to Lexus gold diggers. They fishing for gold diggers. Yes. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> that's hard. I got, yes. I got the table seat. I got the bottles. I, why can't what, you just be a well groom and wear money? And see, I always run into the, I always run into this shit, especially and I'm in the South now. They always say South niggas is cocky and conceited. It'd be like, yeah, I'm drinking with this cup because I got my thousand dollar watch on. Yes, bitch, I got a thousand dollar watch. I know the niggas you ain't fucking with it, but it is a uh, gold digger repellent because if you come over to me and talk about, hey, what y'all sipping on, bitch, you ain't ask me what my name, how I'm doing, when I'm celebrating anything. What entitles you to a free drink because you're a woman? I fuck that. You know what I'm saying? I, I want the woman to come over and be like. You know, I said this in the very first podcast. Be like, yo, look, that's a nice watch, but you're looking like a clown. You're taking away from yourself by keep showing it off. 
I'm like, bitch, I don't give a fuck about this watch. I'll put it in my pocket. Now give me some very substantive conversation. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I said, I'm on that that mindset. It's a lot of incense. Let's talk about it. Let's really like pull back some layers. Let's get to know each other. But if you come over on some I, I, I ratchet shit, then we already know what's up. We go. What bank you putting out? Control. We gonna go about our business. Emotep, Emotep, you are. Uh, is this? Is this? You feel like? Do you like gold diggers? Maybe man, it's, it's a some personal question out of you. Do you? Do you? Do you favor gold diggers? Or are you like nah, nah, nah? Or is this just? You feel like there's no such thing as gold diggers. Uh, personally, no, I don't, I don't favor gold diggers. I think, um, <laughs> it, it, it comes, I guess it comes down to the relationship that the man and the woman in question are looking for. If you're looking for a short transactional experience, then yeah, a gold digger and a trick work well together. But if you're looking for a long-term relationship, then no, I think men in general, regardless of race, don't want to be taken advantage of financially. Um, men don't just want to be looked at as a utility, just like women don't want to want their box to be looked at as a utility. <laughs> you see, so it just becomes transaction. And if we just engage in each other like that, then we're just reducing ourselves to a prostitutional experience. Mm-hmm. So I think that, um, yeah, I mean, it all depends on what you're looking for. If you want something short and fast, then like attracts like. Water seeks its own level. So. Tricking and hoeing goes well together, if that's what you want. But if you want something sustainable, then nah, that's not going to really work. Because over time, I mean, it gets tired, right? You don't want somebody just taxing you like an ATM. Well, and a, and a woman, she, she, woman doesn't want a man who just taxes her and kicks her to the side either. You know, people Diddy. want. Diddy got well. plenty. <laughs> that's what that see that money make you act a little different I, you know, like, you know what's funny I was with my uh my Kaplan homeboys right and uh I had just got my new Lexus and shit I put I have 22s on I was feeling myself and the girl stepped out with her friends and I was just like yo spin around for me mom let me see what you are uh, working with and she was just like I know you got money and I was like what are you talking about we broke and she said only niggas with money make girls spin around and I just thought that shit was hilarious and it's very very true yeah right because he's looking for so- something quick you should like it right like you shouldn't be like oh, i don't like i mean you know you I mean, live with some, I be like, different, though. see I, I don't trick off i trick off on me you know what i'm saying if you know me you know that i only eat what shrimp crab lobster and chicken breast you know what i'm saying is that really what you eating when we go out like i said if you come in with the mentality i'm not tricking off on you you're gonna give me vagina because of being in, in uh, around a real king's presence. You know what I'm saying? Because, like I said, especially if, my, if you're my homegirls, nigga, you ain't paying for shit. I'm like, they're my first wives. All my homegirls is my first wives because I know it's only plutonic. It's not a give and take relationship. It's a 50 50 relationship. You know what I'm saying? So I can truly be myself and be the lovable character that I am and really open up. And like I said, and just a real man. That's that's what chivalry comes in. That you should you should want to. You know what I'm saying? Especially if you got it, you should be treating everybody. You know what I'm saying? But when you have to change the dynamic with the expectation of sex or something, then you got to be a little bit more cautious. You know what I'm saying? But it's really about a lifestyle. And most females be like, oh, you drive a certain type of car. You drive, you know what I'm saying? That's what it says entitlement. I don't want to go work to do it. I want to be already at this level. Not knowing your personal journey, what it took to you to get to the top. Sleeping in cars, being homeless, whatever your journey is. You know what I'm saying? Abusive parents. You know what I'm saying? 
and they just want to come in there. And that's where the hatred comes in. At. It's like, it's a resentment. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, you didn't even come and be like, yo, how did you do this? Can you help me get my stuff? I want to open up my own businesses and everything else. You're coming in already like, oh, I don't date niggas that don't make six figures. Or I don't date niggas that don't drive a certain type of car. You know what I'm saying? So it's like a hatred and a resentment coming from the man's standpoint. Be like, that's all you want. Like, that's that's what it is to you. Because when you handle business, you got to move and shake. You understand like this is business. How much is going to cost? Whatever. OK, let's get this rolling. Boom. You cut the check and done. You ever that's ask them why they only date? Transactional relationships. Or you ever ask them why they only date men with six figures or certain cars? You ever like inquire about the story behind that? No, I stopped dating them when I matured. You know what I'm saying? I was at a a stage of uh, grown adolescence, you feel or me? Would you, like, even now, like, do you, like, think about it? Maybe they think that maybe it's an actual reason why she put that uh, standard out there? Well, I, I told you that I don't, personally, I don't like playing Dr. Phil because um, my, my expertise <laughs> is not in psychology. I do not have the time. And one of us has to be the same one in a relationship. And I'm a Virgo, so I'm already on some astronomical shit. You know what I'm saying? So, like I said, I'm, I'm with that being said, when I'm going to ask certain questions and when them certain questions come back a certain type of way, I already know not to fuck with you and venture off with you. You got anger issues. Your, your mother wasn't in, your, in your, the life the way that you wanted. Your father wasn't in the way life. So you're looking for these figures and relationships. I mean, abuse, trauma. It's already just suffering from the PTSD wow. from slavery. You know what I'm saying? Like, so we got enough shit. I don't need nobody with a lot of fucking psychological issues. Oh, why do you feel like you you entitled? You want to be a gold digger and you should, that you need to be this? Oh, no, that's I don't have the time to pull back from type of layers. Kyle, you, you never said before that a woman shouldn't date a man unless he got $10,000 in the bank. You I did. That's my standard. I so really how is feel that, that any way. different? So why, so how was, then why look down on the woman that's not dating no, a man? No, 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 no. I'm saying that is one of the requirements, not the requirement. You see what I'm saying? Because we already discussed that Black men are not achieving at the same level as Black women. But that does not mean that you should lower your standard. You can make, I mean, he don't have to make six figures. He can make 70,000 and be a spectacular person. And then I also say ambitious versus lack of achievement on just on your own. Maybe you never had the opportunities to achieve the way that you want it. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, I definitely believe that because like I said, if I, it's the $700 rule. Like you say, I call it pussy maintenance. If your nigga can't pay for your hair and your nails, whatever day he likes his woman to look like, like, I'm the type of nigga, I like all my women to look like this all the fucking time. It's cool. You know what I'm saying? I understand that shit costs money. We can partner up on it. It's a team effort. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't like big niggas? Well, let's get in the gym. Whatever it is, it's a team. Let's all eat healthy. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's let's do it. See, it's like the teams. Like, once you get your partner, it's like, let's go. You know what I'm saying? But yes, the 10K <laughs> rule applies because I just come from a house full of women. You know what I'm saying? And, I, I, you know, people likes to say in our community that women can't raise men because only a man can raise a, raise a man. I feel totally different. A woman is going to make you be a, more of a hell of a man based upon any uh, experience that she had in life that uh, a nigga was not holding true. Like, oh, I don't have to put this nigga on child support. Why did he not know better? His parents know what's up. I'm not going to. So she's going to make you be hold yourself to a higher standard, and a higher accountability on just being on so-called what the standard of being a man is. And a man should always court a lady. KP, I know you like gold diggers. Back Ooh. in the day when we was out, <laughs> we was throwing up dollars. Why you think you're, why you, why you think you're, you're, why you, why you think 
men don't, don't like gold diggers. <sighs> KP dollar signs. First of all, that is a lie. In the night, you you and Casey, no, not in the nineties, because I was partially oh, at elementary school. I found the school. papers. I found the papers in your house of the poems that these hoes was writing you because you out. <sighs> lots, lots of strong words. Uh, I read them. BJ, come with come it. On come on now. I was busy trying to get you drunk in college, okay? <laughs> and you were not one of my hoes. I might have treated you badly because uh, <laughs> I took pictures. Don't, don't, don't try to. Uh, wow. But I did not. I did not have hoes. I don't know. I don't know who they speak of because I'm probably the biggest lame on this uh, call. Um. Go back to your question because I was thrown back when you yeah. said yeah. <laughs> when you, you said, like gold gold diggers. Why don't men like gold diggers? Why they don't? Yeah, why they don't? I mean, why would they? You tell me. You tell me. Why would they? I I just don't understand why would they. I mean, I, I mean, I guess there's arguments on both sides. There's probably people out there that uh. Uh, you know, they just don't care because they have an uh, endless supply of money. And if it makes them look better, if it gives them more credit, then okay. I mean, I can see them being like, I don't care. But yeah, I, again, these a lot of these questions, I really can't definitively say one <laughs> thing or the other because <laughs> I've seen it on both sides. So yeah, but I am I am not a, a yeah, I did not well, you, don't, you don't you don't like you don't like you don't like gold diggers. No, I mean I, I for, okay for the record I was not this whore bag that they're trying to say those words. No, I'm just I'm just putting out the disclaimer because between BJ and Casey, question to the whole panel. If they tell the story, same question all over the world. If they tell the story, Casey will make it like I'm 108 years old and I've been pimping for 60 years. 105. When I'm only seven years older than her. Uh, so um, yeah. Thank, thank you, uh, Bestie. Bestie got my back on this because he knows he ain't said nothing. He ain't said nothing. I got your back, Bestie. He, he, he knows easy, but somebody got to do it. You know what I'm saying? He validated it. He validated it. it. No, she's a, she's a nice woman. That's why they uh they they're she's, out of here. You know she's obviously she's a lovely uh, lady. Bothered by this uh topic. Uh, Maybe I'm digging too deep in the in the past, but let's go to the next topic. Let's go to the topic she brought up last week. Why are black people not getting married? Mm. I looked it up this today. I looked it up you too. Know, it says that I, what I saw was more black people are getting married, and the place with the least amount of black people married is DC. Well, why? Are DC? <laughs> <laughs> I know why DC people not getting married, but. But okay, so DV is just spoiled, bro. It's just a plethora when you can have it's too many black women that are making yes, it. It's that's too many you can have a whole team much. of wifey, six figure, good family backgrounds, no kids. I mean, one kid, you know what I'm saying? Whatever. Yes, you, like, you can have a whole team of them. So we all gotta leave. That's what it is. Well, we all, not all. Don't go to Atlanta. 
Yeah, Atlanta. <laughs> no, 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 it was like colored on the map. So it was like a lot of, and you, I never took geography, but a map. Was it south or was it west? The south, it was south and then like Midwest. Midwest. So Cali won't really in there, but it was almost like a diagonal. It was almost like a U. Mm -hmm. And it was like Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee, Atlanta, all that shit. But um, DC was white. So as far as the color scale, like DC was the, I think 18%. And then, like Midwest, about fifty percent. So all our um, all our coastal cities were were black people. I, I think most black people are like in it Texas. It was pretty coastal. I think I think I took a screenshot. Hopefully, I. But maybe yeah, I think I, I think the most black people in the United States reside. Uh, Texas has the highest population of African Americans. Really, like, can, Texas can you also but Texas is big as fuck. It is. Texas it is. is huge. Can I you feel also like, check yeah. the um the polyamorous relationship? Everything. Really? Is the wife's statistics? Houston is huge. I got family. Houston, Houston is actually Houston is the the second biggest city as far as like landmass. I think LA is the first. Everything is bigger in Texas. Texas is huge. Surprise me, a lot of for the electric electrical I grid. The brows, I see the brows. <laughs> I see the brows. Come on now. I'm su I'm surprised that Texas I was surprised that Texas had such a big African American population considering that it is such a conservative and right, not even conservative. That's right. why. That's why. That's, that's what makes sense. My black experience. Why. My black experience in Houston. I get treated better here. Like mm. I don't know what it is. It's not even just. Me, are you from PG? You from DMV? I just moved from there. I lived there for 15 years. Oh, so gosh. I just oh. moved here. I get treated better here. White folks stop when you cross the street here. It's not the way it it's looks like area. on the news. It ain't, it ain't the way I'm experiencing it. I'm not saying nobody experiences that. I'm just saying in DC, I get treated worse. Girl. I get treated worse. That's a service from my own people. And I'm not, I'm like one of the most passive people ever. Okay. <laughs> like, I'm like, don't fr frow your brow, Benjamin. I mean, you That's I complain about it all the time, don't I? Be I be saying I want to move. I'm so sick of how I picked are up here. and I moved in October, and I really love it. I, love, bet. Move by myself. I bet. No friends, nobody. I picked up and I moved by myself. No friends, nobody. And I love it. I love it. I just you, have you know, Mr. Culture. You know, Mr. Culture from DC. I want to see your natal chart. Uh, not at all. <laughs> Correctly, um, Casey Rihanna had a offer to move to Texas. I did. I had a couple that wanted. I did, and I don't want to live with a married couple. I just didn't. I didn't think it would. If it works, I'm all about lifestyles. That's just me. You're my soul sister. We shouldn't change numbers. I want to be your friend. Come visit me. I'm with it. I'm with it. Be gay on the weekends. Oh, Friday. Okay, so I said, look at BJ face, he blushed if he was white. <laughs> um, Imuta, oh God, I'm, I'm getting better. <laughs> You're getting worse. He like a white person, that was good to see. I'm uh, yes, it's, it's not, it's not I, it's, it's Imuta. 
Right, we do that. We do that. You, it was you, B. Okay, but BJ's um, still in the matrix. Yeah, no, I'm not in the matrix. Um, are you from this area? I, I, you told us earlier, but I forgot. I'm sorry. I'm from Chicago. Chicago. You from you from Chicago? Do you live in this area? No, I'm in Chicago. You still okay? Again, yeah. so have you ever been to this area? He with Howard. Yeah, I lived oh. there for five years. So you can tell. So is it? Oh, but Chicago come. He's a, he's a he's Midwest, so I'm I'm sure there's a difference in in, in people. You can you can tell a difference mm-hmm. in culture from Midwest to East Coast. I like Chicago. Is, is there a difference in you feel like you think that Black people in 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 your area are, are getting married more or less? Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say that. I think in general um, we're getting married less for a number of reasons. One because Primarily, women are earning more, so they have more independence. And I think that's interesting. There's a correlation between D.C. having the lowest marriage rates because, like uh, Casey Rihanna said, that's where Black people are making the most money, and particularly Black women. So there's a direct correlation, you can see. Um, Women don't feel the need to get married because they're financially independent, but that may come back to bite us in the ass in the long run because what we're going to see over the next generation or so you're going to have an aging population of single women and the money doesn't necessarily protect you as you age you know your health declines you know i predict there may be like some huge singles communities and i'm not just saying for black women i'm just mean for the nation at large they're going to be like some huge single communities coming up because how all these single people going to make it into their 70s and 80s with no spouse, it's going to be a mess. Um, can I can I piggyback on that? Um, yeah, go ahead. <clears throat> do you think that's the sole reason? Because I think there's another reason why that's happening. This is happening. I think religion. I think religion is playing a big part. That's also separating, um, and in the ratio, you know, men uh, versus women. Um, well, if you just take this area, for example there's i feel like there's way more single women than single men right yes yes yeah oh yeah that's a good one because you did you said it's women making more money you think it's a woman problem more so or a man problem you think it's women now choose not to be married or you think more so than well, men I, choose not to be married i think the attitudes in general we can see nationwide towards marriage have changed you know more people are anti-monogamy <laughs> More people just want to be single. More people just want to have the, um, you know, the domestic spouse relationship, the, uh, what do they call it? The, um, what's the word? I can't think of it. Uh, Common law, Mm -hmm. common law, Mm -hmm. you know, relationship. And of course we all know about the single baby mother, baby father. So yeah, yeah, there's all these kind of counter traditional setups that we have going on just in general society, not just black people. So we're kind of seeing the dissolution of the traditional single home family. Um, and, and, and how it's going to play. The, uh, the, the <clears throat> snar cynical um, two goody goody two shooters that's all up in the church that's turning their nose up at everybody else. You know what I'm saying? Because you're not living a secular lifestyle and submitting and all of, all of those type of things. You know what I'm saying? It's, a, it's, a, it's like their judgment is so strong 
and they turn up a nose, but they're not even living righteous, you know what I'm saying, behind the scenes, which is the crazy part. So you're trying to brainwash these group of single women that are achieving to submit to somebody that's not even their equal. They don't even have their same educational values, let alone standards. But a lot of people walking away from the church, uh, I think as KP touched upon. So just people walking away from organized religion in general. So, so many attitudes concurrently are changing towards you know traditional marriage. So there are a lot, there are a lot of factors, but economics I think is number one for black people in particular. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Th oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I think it's our group because a lot of the numbers that I was seeing the generations after us are getting married more like it's a new these newer people are different and these newer people didn't see a lot of the things that we saw so a lot of them don't they have more emotionally healed parents you know what i'm saying they have certain things that are making them different like i'm seeing a lot of younger people married it's like the like what age group what age group like the alphas like the like ones that are like 25 26s like gen like, z you mean yeah maybe the ones like just yeah because i'm a i'm 88 um so the ones like the ones after me so maybe two generations after me maybe but like the ones in their 20s like 25 and under you mean yes yeah 25 yeah because but I'm, well, I'm but also i'm not saying that these are lasting marriages because i'm not i I don't, I'm not the strongest marriage advocate, honest, like now that at my age and seeing what it is and seeing where it stemmed from. So it's like, it's almost to me, a marriage a lot sometimes comes as on the same line as the child support. Like the system that is making you pay child support is the same system that's signing on this certificate. And when the relationship ends, men also get the shin end of that stick. And so I understand people wanting to be more protective of their assets. I understand people putting a different weight on it because now we don't necessarily, a lot of women don't necessarily need to attach themselves to someone financially to make it. So it's like now they're looking at different qualifications for what it is to be married. Like this is someone that I'm spending, I can afford now to choose to be happy. I think that's one of the things and a lot of women are choosing happiness over marriage because from just my perspective and people I've talked to also, a lot of the married couples in my life aren't necessarily happy. And it's funny because I use Chris as an example as being one of the ones that I know that are happy. But a lot of my married friends, they don't make marriage look appeasing. Like they don't make it look... Is the purpose of marriage to be happy? I think the purpose of life is. So that's the thing. Like, what is the purpose of marriage? And it's like, how does it benefit you? What are the pros and cons? And how does that weigh against a fulfilled life? And I think people have a misconception of what marriage is supposed to be. Because of the Disney programming. Uh -oh. mm -hmm. you know, little girls are taught that you know, look for the crystal, crystal heel, and Prince Charming pull up in the in the horse and carriage and make your life. I th go ahead. What do you think? What is marriage? I'm not saying I'm defining what marriage is, but I mean traditionally, it's about 
unification of two families mm-hmm. to create a new family. And that's that's what it boils down to. Or, you know, I've heard people define it as, a, a, in a sense, a, a incorporation. It's a business relationship. You're I'm joining assets, mm-hmm. right? And in the eyes of the law, that's exactly what it is. You're joining assets. So you're, <laughs> you're creating a corporation between two people. It is. Um, that is in trust. You can mm-hmm. intertwine families without marriage. Don't let your husband or wife. Um, but get how does that work? I mean, as of my, like I said, my brother has multiple baby mothers, and we've all incorporated. <laughs> we but just are, all but are those are those real families? I mean, yeah. Are the connection? What is, it, I guess it depends on what you define as a family. Because well, why should a marriage certificate validate a family? What I'm saying as far, what I'm looking at as far as like, okay, you have the man, obviously, who sired all the children, but are each one of those relationships with the baby's mothers, are they like cohesive relationships? Could Like if you really sit back and analyze each one of those individual relationships, are there, is that really a holistic family going on in each of those households? I like mean, it, it becomes very hard to juggle that and maintain that as one man. I mean, the man, that's the thing of cohesion and intertwining. The man doesn't have to bear it, burn it alone. Like with the families, like our family, the kids will come and stay with like the grandparents or the aunts over the summer, not necessarily the father, but just so the family can still incorporate. So it's like, like they say, it takes a village. So usually it's rarely even single parent, most, I'm not even gonna say most, but there are, wonderful times where single parents still have that support and the rest of the family is there so i mean it's not the normal family but it's the families that we have and it's like this is what the cards that we've been given and if biologically even though i don't like it if men produce all these seeds and we produce one egg a month like biologically we are only here to propagate the next generation however that shit looks is up to us and the cycles. I'm a, a astrological person, so however the cycles go, but there has to be an order for something new to be born. The old has to go away, and I think that the Pluto generation of Scorpio and there's. I think that the old is going, and I think what certain people feel is the end is just the beginnings coming up, and things are about to look differently. And I agree. I agree that the, the old is starting to shift and change. But from a practical perspective, is it. Is it practical for a man to spread his seed? I mean, can he really be a true leader or a patriarch or is he just like a sire, like a stud is going out there, just banging each mare <laughs> and just reproducing? <laughs> or, I, mean, I mean, is I there really something, a real family situation going on? I mean, I agree that that's the case, but I'm asking, that's a question. I know. And I'm saying, I agree with, I think that it is, but to negate that the family exists as someone who was raised without the father there, I have a family and I have multiple families and strong ones. So it's not him that is the soul. He, a lot of black men aren't in the family and the family has persisted. And the family will always adapt to exist, even once roles change. Well, that's an adjust- like, that's more of an adjustment as opposed to an ideal arrangement. It is an I adjustment. Think most of us in America, 
most black kids are born to single mothers, myself included. Mm-hmm. But is that the ideal arrangement that we should be striving for? Or is that this, is that just something that we've come to accept and tolerate? I mean, I don't think that, I don't think that I'm saying, well, I know that I'm not saying, oh, one man should have multiple families. I'm just saying that a, a marriage certificate doesn't validate what a family is. A man can be with one woman and create a family and not necessarily get married, have a marriage certificate. Like marriage, I agree with like that. said, is a business corporation and it's something that is, to me, it signs away a lot of what you want it to be. Well, I think that, I don't know, I kind of question that attitude because if you're joining with a person who you feel is your mate, it is not so much of a concession, right? It's not like, oh, I'm giving up this. No, you're joining together. You're bringing two worlds together. So it's something that you, you're looking forward to. It's not like, oh man, I have to give up this. I think that's kind of like, almost like uh, maybe a selfish attitude to a certain degree. And I think relationships progress naturally, whether you sign a document or not. That's what I mean. But should we, should men in particular be going around siring all these multiple families? Because even economically, is that practical? Think about the average man doesn't even make that much money. So how can he afford to just sire like 20, 30 kids? I don't think- Nick Cannon is probably like the only black, one of the few black men who maybe, maybe, I don't even know. He's if he not, I mean, he's not doing it well because he said he missed holidays. But I don't I'm not I don't believe that the option to not get married is synonymous with having multiple women. Like, I don't think that like, I think that there are people who may just want to like you have a like you said, I guess the common you're just with somebody and they don't sign it over to the government doesn't necessarily because loyalty is loyalty like when you're in it you're in it the paper doesn't change anything well actually it does because now we're talking about legal rights we're talking about like well on paper that's what i'm saying it's like a lot of people aren't as comfortable giving that shit up because even the best relationships sometimes end and it's so like what happens people... when you get when you get sick and you need your next of kin to make a medical decision that could be life or death that's where it comes no, into play. What's, what is power? There's no other way to do it other than marriage? Well, if it's just your girlfriend, they, they, they don't have any say-so legally. They can't decide like, oh, we're going to pull the plug or put this person, you know, if the person's incapacitated, they can't make a medical decision for you. Yeah, power of attorney is, is uh, pre, right? If you're in a coma, you can't do it. It's, it's, that right is gone now. Yeah, so, so, look, so you if, your, if your parents aren't alive, then you, you SOL. Right. Like, power, you know, you, you said it's not power of attorney, no, no, not preemptive. Power of attorney is like people don't do power of attorney until they need power of attorney. So, right. if you get in a car accident and you're in a coma, most people don't have the power of attorney sitting around. They got to, you know, so they can't now. Is that, by, is that because you can't or it's because they don't think of it? They don't think of it. They don't think of it. It's like, yeah. And power attorney, I believe, runs out after a certain amount of time. So you're going to constantly have to get no, power don't. No, it don't. Forever? I have power of attorney. As long as that person is uh, still alive, like, I have power attorney over my father. Okay. I mean, and I think I don't want to come off as if I don't like marriage, because I do want, I think I want to get married in the future. Like, I definitely want a 
commitment something. Um, but I also don't want that to be like, I will say like the Disney thing, like you were saying, like we were taught that relationship is the pinnacle of your life. And I think a lot of women are realizing it doesn't have to be because well, not not everybody romantic aspect of relationship. Hmm. That's what I meant. I don't mean relationship itself. I meant the romantic aspect of relationship. Because a lot of people get into these to marriage just thinking it's going to be like romance, eternal romance. And that's not really real life. You know, people is, fall yeah. out of love and sometimes out of life. I agree with, with that. Yeah. Exactly. They're still going to mm -hmm. remain committed to maintain what? Their family, if mm -hmm. they have children, the household, mm -hmm. and they're going to perform their husbandly and wifely duties until the clock runs out. So it becomes bigger than just how I feel that particular day. Like you may not like your husband, but you still gonna go in there and cook those eggs. You know, he, may, he I may think that's the, that's the he aspect I really like about it is because it makes you really uh, have to be responsible because in, you know, you know, in, in the perfect world, we will never get divorced. Hopefully you make good, in the, you know, good choice selection to encompass all these things and that for uh, be eternal. And like I said, those things still have to function without you being there or not. You know, the, is the the preservation of the household and of that new family. You know what I'm saying? So it makes you responsible for taking care of that other party if you choose to opt out. And opting out really shouldn't be an option. You know what I'm saying? Because if we were making very sound, logical decisions into um, mates, I kind of have a follow-up. I kind of have a follow-up follow question to this question. Do you guys think that marriage or or pair binding is necessary to the long-term survival of our people, particularly in this country? Or can we just be willy-nilly singles out here and just making baby mamas and baby daddies till the end of time? You know what's crazy? I, I've been really questioning that, yo, because the like the vision that and the way that I'm seeing things, especially being a traditionalist, I'm thinking like, you know, I'm I'm vibing how KP is a good person, a good parent, a good business oriented person, just a good person in life of good character and good merit. Why would I not bequeath my child to her child? You know what I'm saying? Knowing that we both come from good, two good families and that the child wouldn't have to want for anything, our grandkids, you know what I'm saying? Because of the union, like that will be a true union where all, like, like when Casey was saying, everybody, the aunties, the grandma, everybody is participating in that situation. Now, I understand that you should have, you know, some self, um, as, as the child that's gonna be requeefed, looking from their perspective, you'd be like, I don't wanna just be or already arranged marriage and not know this person, anything, but we really should really like rethink that in consideration because like I said, it's not all the way romantic and your parents will understand you know, who you, where your strengths and weaknesses are and hopefully match you and pair you with somebody that, you know, is strong where you're weak and, and, and vice versa and to make make up, you know, because they can see the things in you that you cannot see. And you can, like I said, you can fall in love. You know what I'm saying? That isn't, and it really should be just compatibility on a friendship level because when sex is out the situation, then what is it? You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? You can't have sex 24 seven, you know what I'm saying? At some point it's gonna have to be built on strictly co uh, companionship. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So uh, understanding these things and these vision, it, it makes me 
really want to think about that option because like, you know, the vision, the trials and tribulations, you know, that I've been through has given me these so-called visions that you don't really get, you know, wisdom. That's why they say age comes with wisdom and all of these things. So it's like really thinking clearly and understanding the game as a totality. Then it's just like, hmm, do I go ahead and make that move for them? You know, so it sounds like you're, you're angling more towards marriage. No, I'm I'm advocate of it. My my choice is to whether or not to give them the option to, you know what I'm because all you can do is hopefully raise them with and give them discernment to make the great decision. You know what I'm saying? But history is a lot of cultures, uh, marriage is prearranged. That's the point that I'm making. I'm thinking about the prearranged, like bequeath the child to my child to KP child. You know what I'm saying? Because I know her family, I know the structure that she's going to do to her you know what i'm saying if she had a son or she had a daughter or whatever that daughter would be a great man i mean excuse me that daughter would be a great woman that son would be a great man like we're trying like and she know i'm building kings and queens too like you're gonna play chess you're gonna be versed in agriculture you're gonna be versed in war strategies business and finance you know what i'm saying you're gonna speak several languages you're gonna you know what i'm saying martial arts like so we, we we build in like you know what i'm saying great people kings and queens you know what i'm saying so like i said the, it's really coming down to the option of do I take that liberty away from them to make their own decision by, you know what I'm saying, forcing them to say like, yeah, I'm bequeathing you to this family because I know, you know what I'm saying, they're going to be compatible on that level or do I give you the option to do it yourself? So if that's the case, Chef, then why don't we engage each other like that in this modern time? We should. That's why they say still start from still, you know what I'm saying? We, 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 don't, we don't engage relationships pragmatically. It's all based off of emotions and convenience, right? So we're not really gauging the qual the qualities of the person we're dealing with. We're just looking at the physical the exterior. Yes. And then maybe the temporary cosmetic financial aspect Be of the because other person. That's we have really got away from tradition. I'm sorry, Casey. Let, let me just get this out real quick because I just really want to get this out. And then, but um, we got away from tradition. And I always say it. We have become intellectually lazy. You know what I'm saying? When you understand that, you know how your body fits into just earth and the cosmos, the energies, the chakras. Like I said, your body is 70, 80% water. So you're going to feel vibrations and frequencies, you know what I'm saying? And all of these different things that we encompass in spirituality, you know what I'm saying? Like they didn't, when, when God said give dominion over, it wasn't to be dominant is if you're the smartest person, then it's your duty to take care of everybody else as well to live in balance. You know what I'm saying? So we, if we were not being intellectually lazy, we would accomplish all of these things and we would have better discernment into making the decisions. So you're talking about natural order, but we live in an unnatural order. So this is That's nature right. versus the machine. Right. So what so so what does that mean for you? That means that you need to do some things to take away certain elements so that your the next generation can be raised in a certain thing. For example, if I take away the financial element by leaving financial legacy and, and wealth to my kids, they don't ever have to work a job in order to sustain the lifestyle. How much better people could they be? How much more of the world could they serve? You know what I'm saying? By not having that dependency. So like I said, we have to plan in, in advance. That's ideal, but look at the current state of yeah. us in this society now, dealing with the mess that we're in now. How do we repair this, or can it be repaired at all? It can be repaired, but it, it takes uh, personal accountability, and it starts in the home. I always say it starts in the family of how you're raising kids. If you're raising kings and queens, they're going to be great people, and then if they match with great people, then they're, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I'm only one person. 
So I have to. A lot of people not raising kings and queens. They raising Facts. gangsters, Facts. block spinners, ratchets, and strippers. Nigga, my mom beat the gangster out of me, bro. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, I'm, I got family in the Midwest. You know what I'm saying? Gang related, nigga. That's all I'm gonna say, bro. And she, you know, and I, and I try to being from DC. I was attracted to the shit. I'm wearing dickies and, and throwing up signs, and you know what I'm saying. And she, she took all of them elements out of me. So it starts in the family. You know what I'm saying? And I always say this too. A shout out to my black woman. Behind every strong black man, it's the black woman pushing them through life, giving them that confidence because it's hard being a black man and standing up with confidence. You know what I'm saying? Because if you're confidence, then it's like the diamond, what? The diamond shines the brightest when it's encompassed around darkness. And when you, when you are that confident, that beacon of light, natural society will try to shut you down. Like I've encompassed women that just be like, oh, who do you think you are? And I'd be like, bitch, I don't even know you. All I did was walk in the fucking room. Well, you just walking with too much confidence and you, you smelling good and look. I'm like, bitch, what the fuck? Get the fuck out of here with that low vibration shit. Like, I don't want to even want to be bothered. What you happened? know what I'm saying? <laughs> what happened? What, what happened? <laughs> What's wrong with smelling good? Like, <laughs> what, what you need to be throwing it yeah, in the trash. I, I, I'm telling you, like, <laughs> that's too fly. Was like, wait a minute, hold a, on. A big on. issue for me for a long time, though, especially like when I was in college and I'm dating and shit. And it was like coming from my background, it was just like, I'm not even trying to be conceited or arrogant, but it was just like, just thanks to my mom and shit. Like, I, I'm like, my mom is making natural shea butter with rosemary and lemon and lemon and lemon and um, like lemongrass and shit. Like, that's that's what I'm wearing for lotion. So females are never smelling these type of smells and shit. So they trying to question sexuality or all type of other shit because I was a fly nigga. I was raised with a female. So it's just like, you got to look a certain type of way. You got to be groomed. You know what I'm saying? You got to present yourself. And like my my, my girlfriend, females, uh, her friends would just be like, who do you think you are? Like, what? I'll be like, what, what did I do to, to make that emotion come out of you? I don't even know you. I said, my flyness offend you. You said what? You said your flyness was offending her. And basically, and that's what the one girl, this one girl, Rosalind, I lie to you not, I lie to you not. And she just I'm hated just the shit the out of me. Shirt. She, when I was in college, she just hated the shit out of me. She just be like, you just, you just come in here with your light skin ass and shit. You know what I'm saying? Just, you just think you're so pretty. And, and my nickname was too pretty, but I can't help that shit. Like, I shout out to my mom. Like I said, I was a well-groomed <laughs> young man. You feel what I'm saying? I understood. Like, I had to present myself and accordingly. You watch you know? behind your ears who you think you are. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, that shit. You really be shocked. These motherfuckers are really have an attitude. Like she wouldn't speak to me. We had to do events and work together and like cook in the kitchen and shit. She just had an attitude at all times. And I'd be like, what is it? I don't like pretty light-skinned niggas. And I'm like, damn, that's fucked up. Shorty, like I'm you don't even know the dopeness that I might in, in, encompass. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is fucked up that you you just gonna be on that type of and it was plenty more. I lie to you not. Like I, I used to wear my dashikis and shit. They and be like, oh, you just you think you're an African with your light skin ass and yeah, where's your melon? I'd be like, that's fucked up, yo. Or you think you mixed because you got pretty hair. I didn't say that I had pretty hair. Who defined them pretty hairs? What ethnicity are you from? A Asian person wouldn't say that a, a goddamn um Indian has a uh, good hair, you know what I'm saying? Like, who's thinking like this? So I used to be like, oh, you mix? Yeah, I'm mixed with African and black. What is that? Straight nigga, just to fuck with him. You know what I'm saying? Which I'm tri- sorry, which I went off on a tangent, but- Which trigger chef? Uh, I went off on a tangent, this, sorry, this, sorry about that. Journey back in, uh, <laughs> back in UMES. Uh, the of a fly Negro. Right, right, right. The manifestos. Uh, <laughs> can you help how fly I is? 
to piggyback on um this whole why are people not getting married? Uh, this last question piggybacks on that. It's like a two part. Um, and I'm gonna start with Alicia with this. Do you think black people really care about the wealth gap? I think marriage is a big part of why. I guess I, I can't now. I've been proven wrong, but marriage is a big part of wealth. <laughs> Everything that comes with marriage, like insurance, home ownership, et cetera, et cetera. Alicia. Do you care about the black wealth gap? Oh, uh, wealth, wealth gap in relation to our white counterparts or yes. meaning in interfamily counterparts. Um, hell, both. Hell, <laughs> well, I think that we are, we do care, but I think we're, we're, we're coming so far behind that even when we think that we have arrived, we really haven't arrived, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think that that's what it is. For me, I struggle as an intelligent Black woman, woman who has garnered her mind and her brain to the United States government for 18 years. I still have to fight for equity for myself. And I'm like, okay, I must be you, you, you denounce anyone else or you say, you denounce me, you say I'm not a me, right? No, that's not you. But then my white counterpart, he did it for 15 years. He's a SME. And so I have to like negotiate and work hard that even when you say, okay, I'll give you, um, hypothetically speaking, I'll give you $160,000 a year. And I'm like, well, I've been doing this for 18 years and this is my resume. Um, and you're like, no, I fight for myself. And for me, for me, and it's probably, I think, I guess to answer your question in a more concise manner, I feel like I, people care when it matters. Like, so for me, I can walk away from 160,000 because at the end of the day, I'm going to be okay. My bills are going to be paid. I made investments. I own real estate. I have, if it matters, it's different. However, while it may be a hot, you know, a hot topic for someone, if you got to feed your kids and your next meal is like, I can't care as much if that, because I just got to do with feeds the family. Like it matters to me, but I will take less. You know, you have to stay on your ground. I'll never forget when I was working for CFPB and I encountered my first racial issue. Now, believe it or not, my first racial issue came when I came to DC. I never, as a mixed race black woman, meaning that I have white grandparents and direct lineage, like in my household, um, I never even experienced it. Even coming from a broken family, like well, white folks don't fool with you, some of them. My grandmama is white. However, I feel different in the household. My first, like, I guess as an adult, when I came in and they were like, they said, you know, microaggressions. That's when I learned about microaggressions when I came mm -hmm. to see, I had never heard of it. I didn't know, I didn't mm -hmm. have a clue. Cause I was raised by white, I was raised around white people. I was always the token black friend, blah, 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 blah. So I was the safe one, right? So to my knowledge, I didn't know that I was different or experienced racism. But however, when I learned about inequality in the government, specifically talking about how black real estate coexists with white real estate, right? We're like here when it comes into what we are owed, what we should own in um, like salary wise, right? Mm -hmm. So when I come into the government and I experienced racism, I was, I didn't know where it came from and I experienced hardship because of it, but I walked away from this job. Like 
when I experienced racism, I was like, I'm done. And they were like, you're going to resign. I'll give you this. I'll give you health care. And I should have known at the time. And I was educated enough to know, okay, you offer me all these things. Something is up, right? For you to resign or we'll fire you, fire you and you'll take nothing. And this is right before I met you, Benji, right? I walked away from a job where I struggled to say that I deserve more. I mm -hmm. think that Black people as a whole are coming into alignment with our regalness, our regality, as they say. We are regal. And because of social media and being exposed, we're traveling more. We're going over to Africa, seeing that people treat, treat it different, okay? Meet an a, a African-born, like, naturalized citizen. Their whole vibe is different, nine times out of ten. They ain't taking no sort of thing, you ain't treating no sort of way. And so you know that we are, we're like, okay, well, what's that, right? Mm -hmm. They'd be like, Africans are mean, they're rude. No, they're not taking your shit is what they're not doing. <laughs> you know, you're not talking any kind of way. So then when you come over, when we American born, you know, black, you know, people of color, black people or whatever, um, we have a sort of subservience. So I think we're walking into, and this is something that has been ingrained into a woven into how we're born and so i i believe that we are walking into like understanding and recognizing the gap but we're still years and years and years behind so even though we are like sticking up for ourselves it's like oh you know you owe me six figures six figures you still deserve you know 120 but we're now fighting for the the crumbs that we're getting. And because it is a popular issue to not look like the bad person, while social media does in a way um, provide obstruction to where we wanna be, especially when it comes to the articulation of what is beautiful and how everybody wants to emulate a black woman, however they don't want the black you know, plight. Um, I think that, or that in order for you to be a beautiful black woman, you have to be you know, a Coke bottle or whatever. It's like, you we've gotten this stigma that happens while social media have brought that about it has also brought about awareness where people are seeing how other people are living we don't have to live this way so mm -hmm. i think for some it matters for those who cut the cord when it comes to whether it be welfare where you say i'm not going to accept welfare because my children's father will stay in this house you know and if we have to work five jobs this is going to happen it's going to take us to stick up for ourselves and be uncomfortable just a little bit more and also say, regardless of what you're, what you're offering me, regardless of what you're offering me, I'm not going to stand for less than what I'm worth. And I am going to do what I got to do until I get it. I think it matters, but it's going to take more from us. I'm sorry for taking such a long time. No, no. kudos. Uh, let's go to our, our resident, um, Malcolm Price, KP. Uh, no, price. <laughs> do you do you think black people care about the wealth gap? She took all the words, <laughs> you know. Like that's why I was just like, yes, yes, and I I can totally relate. It, it's it it is a I I will say it's somewhat of a privilege when you can walk away. Like not all money is good money, and that is a privilege in itself because there's a lot of people that have to take it you know and i try to make the best sound decisions uh and try to be future proof as possible <laughs> you know like so i can have that flexibility because now that i'm getting older 
I care about balance. So, um, and that's the thing, because I realize a lot of Black people will sacrifice their time. And time, you can't, you can't get that back. So when it comes to the wealth gap, I do care, you know, because I always have to work extra hard. You know, I, I know, I know a lot of, like a lot of my friends, you know, one particular friend, she got every letter behind her name, like every letter, you know, and she still got to fight, you know, to like be recognized. You know what I'm saying? And that, and, and, and it's that whole stigma with black women, you know, we're like, quote unquote, like I've been called, oh, you got that attitude or you mean, or you whatever. And it's just like, sometimes this world makes you hard and mean. And like, if, if you come off soft, then you, it's almost like you're a doormat to some, to some extent, and you just never get respected. So for me personally, you know, it's about a balance, um, but I want to be respected like, like anyone else, you know, I want to have the same treatment, you know, like I'm working just as hard, if not harder. I've went through college. I've, I've done all the hours of free, free labor, you know, now I want to be paid for it. You know, I, you know, and if you don't want to pay me, then I will just simply walk away. So that's just my two cents, but she did. She totally took the whole show. Yes, she totally. Uh, do you do you think black people really care about the wealth gap, as far as like actions that they take? Uh, as far as actions they take, um, yeah, I think people care about the wealth gap. I mean, we're in America; black people are hurting by and large. Um, yeah, you have a. Uh, minority of us who may be well-educated and well-employed and uh, make good money, but that's not the representative of us, of us as a whole. I think we're like only one-sixth. We only have one-sixth of the average white person's wealth. I mean, we're yeah. so far behind. And this country does owe us a debt, mm -hmm. a generational debt, because we were robbed. You know, we there was a point in time where we had businesses, we had land and we were thriving in many places, not just Tulsa, but around the country. And we were literally run out of town, killed, hanged, lynched, businesses burned down. So there's a grave debt that this government still hasn't atoned for. Um, but beyond that, yeah, we, we are still far behind and um i think there's a misconception among black people when we talk about wealth um a lot of people confuse income with wealth right you know just because yes. you have a six-figure job doesn't mean you're wealthy mm. yes. We yes wealth is wealth is more about you know assets like real estate i mean what kind of real estate do we have do we really own land not just a house or a mortgage i'm talking about do we own land can we lease land Beneficial ownership. Can we can we flip land? Do we have real ownership? I think a lot of us, because we when we start getting these good paying jobs in the 70s, you know, because of integration, then people started getting these delusions of, oh, we made it, we moving on up. And some people have made wise decisions, but by and large, 
you know, a lot of us are very financially illiterate. I think the good news is that um, recently, because of social media platforms, we're becoming more aware and more financially literate and we have different avenues where we can educate ourselves. And I think we're starting to make right moves, some people. But um, if you really look at the state of this country and how capitalism is unfolding, it's actually getting worse. You know, I think Generation Z is actually poorer than the previous generation. Yes. And that's, that's never happened in American history. Each generation is supposed to get a little bit wealthier, mm -hmm. but we're actually going backwards. So what does that say about capitalism at, at large? Mm -hmm. is, is it really working for us? I mean, some people, yeah, they're enjoying their income and they're able to travel and eat at good restaurants and buy designer. But I think that's all an illusion. I think for the most part, we're we're not where we need to be. And you can just look at, it's just reflected in our neighborhoods. You know, look at any urban city in America. You know, people are hurting. That's why so many people out here in the streets just doing all this reckless stuff, taking life and death chances, robbing, um, what are the dealerships? You know what I'm saying? Just <laughs> smashing and entering stores like in, in, in major locations. It's crazy. Uh, the world-renowned chef. <clears throat> Are you? Do you care about the wealth gap? Is that that a concern of yours? You think black people care about it? I, I mean, M Hotel, he, he killed it. Him and uh, Alicia, uh, they they murdered it. I would just say, um, it's not that it's it's not the number one importance, but it is to be taken into consideration. You know what I'm saying? Based upon uh, everybody's specific lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? As a person that only eats shrimp, crab, and lobster, you know, I need my significant other to be able to maintain that that therapeutic diet. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to just leave it at that. You did. I want to I add something else. Um, going back to our concepts of, of wealth. Again, we, we get caught up in the materialism and mistake that for really having something. You know, you see the, these wealthy billionaires and, you know, it's a running joke. People laugh at the billionaires, especially in our community. We like, look at Steve Jobs or look at Zuckerberg or look at Warren Buffett. They just wearing like a cheap T-shirt, some old dad looking tennis shoes and some regular Levi's jeans. And I think Warren Buffett, he even drives a station wagon. He doesn't even buy new cars. And this man is richer than God. <laughs> and we sit back and laugh like, why don't they do this? Because they don't care about that. They have real wealth. Facts. You know, these people can purchase islands. They can purchase real land. They own companies. And we mistake materialism with wealth. Yeah. And we're so caught up in that because as soon as we touch a couple of dollars, we want to go out and spend it. Mm -hmm. But by and large, we're not making real financial moves to be wealthy. A few of us are, but most of us are not financially literate. And then right. also to annex on that, um, for those reasons I stated before, that's why there is a big push now for reparations because this government does owe mm -hmm. almost an incalculable debt for what was stolen from us. And, and it's a serious issue. Mm -hmm. And um, we as a collective should still push for reparations no matter what. It doesn't matter. I don't care if you make a quarter million dollars a year, you should still be banging for reparations because this government does owe and they break off checks to Mm -hmm. Ukraine, 
all these other third world countries we don't even have really allyship with <laughs> and they break them off but it's like wait a second you can pull wait during the pandemic you pulled like four trillion out of thin air Yo, they have paid the, the Jewish community the over ninety billion dollars, and they had nothing to do with it. Right, mm-hmm. and then in COVID, you know, they just changed the number on the spreadsheet and produced four trillion, and just said, "Hey, you guys have to stay home, so we're gonna pay four trillion. Oh, it's that easy. Why don't y'all fork us off about four trillion? <laughs> four hundred years of slavery. How about that? For starters, yeah. facts. Yeah, we we in, we in um. Well, this country, I won't just say we, because this country's in bad shape. Mm-hmm. You know, people just fighting just to survive. At this point, not only are Black people hurting, but you can see it across all ethnic groups and demographics. They're hurting. You know, these people coming out of school, barely getting out of high school, mm-hmm. and they're working minimum wage jobs. You know, warehouse, Starbucks, Walmart, and people out here just fighting just to get minimum wage at this point. And and are only one or two checks, uh, two paychecks away from extreme property. One paycheck, <laughs> one paycheck from being homeless. Right. So yeah, it's a serious situation. This country is coming to a crossroads where I, I would say this decade may be one of the most pivotal decades in modern history. Not just for this country, but for the world, but specifically for this country where we're at with all this cultural warring and the way economics is playing out, there's gonna be have, there's gonna have to be some very critical decisions going forward. What this country is gonna look like, you know, what is gonna be the real work business model? Like, is there gonna be a universal basic income? Because how are they gonna sustain this thing? Social security is running out. Mm-hmm. In 20 years, <laughs> what all the book all the baby boomers will be gone. And mm-hmm. it's just gonna be us, Gen X. Millennials, Gen Z, just looking at each other like, what do we do now? So, repatriation. Yeah, they are predicting the recession. So they're predicting the housing market turning buyer. Get your coins we are ready. In a recession. Get, get your, get your <laughs> coins ready. They're talking, about, they're talking about compared to 2008. And that was... That Ooh, was crazy. Around what time? Y'all know I'm in the market for a house. Yeah, so yeah, recession makes millionaires, yo. Yeah, they yeah. Do. If, if, yeah. If you have if you have cash, if you have if it ready. cash, you yeah, have it it's, ready. it's heaven for you as a as an investor. But if you don't have cash to begin with, it doesn't really mean anything. You just sitting hey. by like a spectator at the game, like wow. It's all about how you know buying. how to go get it, bro. You feel me? Hmm. Well, how like, do you go get it? That's the question. It's it's super easy. I, I'll give you two quick steps. Whole life policy. Go get your kids some whole life policy, and uh, and then double, and then get insurance on those whole life policies, and then leverage against the asset. There you go, right there. Boom, 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 boom. Like That's my nigga, have trust. you ever thought about like like paying, like calculating six months of your bills, getting a whole life policy, then borrow against it because it's an interest free loan, and then pay your loan, pay yourself back. You see what I'm saying? Pay your bills with the loan, and pay yourself back like it was a credit card with interest. You know what I'm saying? Now you're making and money this, for paying your bills. And let's say you get that loan, then what? What's the what's the smarter? And I'm asking this rhetorically, not for myself. I'm just saying, what is the what is the strategy for our people collectively? What moves can we make to really start to dig our feet into something? Because we're so far behind in the game financially, realistically. It doesn't matter. I don't care if you drive a Benz. <laughs> it doesn't matter. We are we are not wealthy. 
it's only a very small, tiny percentage percentage of us who are really touching wealth. Yeah, and and what they had to give up for it because mm-hmm. it's something you always got to give up. Something they mm-hmm. choose you. that's the case we always going to be in this predicament of of the black world i I think this is i I can take myself into account if i look at myself there's definitely choices i've made along my adulthood that put me in a spot where i'm not attained that i'm not attaining wealth i mean we can go back to like we were talking about earlier like like the kids go back to have kids and child support like i mean i'm trying to teach my kids the, the proper steps to align themselves so they can build on their wealth, but it is definitely steps you take in, in your young adulthood that is preventing us, preventing me, I speak for me specifically, of not attaining that wealth now. I make more money now than ever. Like, and... But would a white man deal with those same consequences? Making maybe, those- maybe, 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 maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. I, I, I do think they are poor whites. <laughs> they're, they're all poor whites. They're all poor oh, they're plenty of poor whites. They are poor whites. whites. There's yeah, more so, white than us, just because right, so, of them. Right. So, you know, like if I if I could just build the time machine and go back in time, like, and just do things a little differently. Well, BJ, also, but keep in mind too, you got kids, you're going to make a difference in their life. You you know, you may feel like, oh man, I wish I had done that. But if you yeah. didn't go through what you went through, then you could Correct. not properly Correct. tell them what's up. Correct. So, I mean, I don't know if I can probably tell I mean I think I tell a different story I but I'm telling the story that I'm telling now it's like all right well I see the path that we can go down let's try going down that path and let's try building and starting you off building young I think that's a I think that's the issue that a lot of parents don't tell their kids at a young age they don't have these money these money talks these hey build wealth talks buy asset talks you know all that stuff you know I'm talking to my daughter right now like yo you can stay here for for your. You gonna have to go to college. We can we can skip college. We can skip that bill. You can work and stay <laughs> here, and then you can go get you a duplex. Go get mm-hmm. some real estate. So with so by the time you get thirty, you got real money, and you can really do things with your money instead of you just you know working for it. That's the conversation that we have with our youth starting now. Yeah, like, you know what I'm saying. I think more people are though, because PG, from what I've seen, like a lot of parents are telling their kids that, and that's why I think a lot of it, the next, a lot of the newer generations are doing things better than we did. Right. We have access to be, more information. Exactly. Right. We were able to see before the new shit and the new shit, so it's like we were like the sacrificial lamb. Like we had to be sacrificed so that the next gen, we could give the tools to the next generation to survive in this fucked up system because the system is fucked up. And it's like, we were the ones who were able to see, like we were taught by the people who believed it could be better and we saw the shit. And now we look, like you said, like we're one of the last generations who believe so much in college. You know, like we were fed, like, oh, get your degree and you can make good money. But my friends who went the tech route, like they're making all the good money. And my and little we may, we may be the last generation to believe that because we see how that's panned out over the but past yeah, we're one of the last. Like well, college is struggling with, uh, what is it, attendance? Is that the word? Like they trying to get people in there. So I mean, the cost like, of college now is ridiculous. I believe it's like quadrupled in the past. I believe 20 years. it. I I paid six figures for a piece of paper that no right. one cares about. And, it's, right, and it's, it's like they they taken college and made it like a a a, a G League for a job 
when it's franchised you're supposed to be for the thinkers to learn stuff right people are going to college to try to get jobs like no nah, that's not how I, not how i work and like i said my my mom cried when i told her i joined the army cried mm. when i told her my daughter's talking about joining the air force fist pump you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. mom makes making better choices younger yeah yeah, yeah. And they didn't, they, and not for no fault of their own, but they were fed the system and they believed it. So it's mm-hmm. like, they were only teaching us as much as they knew. That's why I, exactly. I just call our generations. You can't teach what you don't know. Exactly. And they didn't. So it was like, we had to take those stripes so that we could learn so that the next mm-hmm. generations could do it. That's all it is. So we just going to go down with the ship and give the life rafts to the kids and the babies. Mm-hmm. Never too late. It's never too late, Casey. I'm on my fourth career since my second second child (laughs) it's never too late i guess the good news is that we are in a time now where we can reinvent ourselves and acquire new knowledge and skills outside of the traditional educational path right you can we have youtube university (laughs) we can go on youtube we can can sign up for courses online and learn code we can do so many things Uh, i'm studying the stock market right now based off of information that I've seen on, on YouTube channels. Mm-hmm. And I've learned so much in the past year and a half. And I didn't know anything about the stock market two years ago, but now I'm investing and I own stock. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm learning That's derivatives. That's good. You know, so these are things that I wish I knew when I was 15 years old. Mm-hmm. I'd probably be a millionaire already. Oh, <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? So, and that's, yeah, that's the thing. And you notice on YouTube, because I, I was down that path in 2020. I was watching all these white guys on YouTube and they're like 10, 15 years younger than me making yep. stupid yep. money. And I'm watching them and it's just, you know, and it's just like, well, why can't we pass that down? You know, and so that's that's what I want to do is pass down that knowledge, you know, and then- yeah that next person can pass even more knowledge down to the next person. It just keeps going. And and that's the, that's the thing about capitalism. Like I said, a long time ago, it was never meant for us. It was only, well, meant- it was meant for us to serve it. Yes. That's what I said to use us because if, if, if it wasn't for us, then I don't think America would be where it's at now. Cause they had free labor. Absolutely not. Yeah, absolutely not. Every pyramid. See, every pyramid has a capstone that we call the pinnacle. But every pyramid has a four-sided foundation. That's the base. You can't have a pyramid without the foundation. Who's the foundation of America? We are. Yes. We are literally the foundation of America. We built it. And we're still sustaining it with our materialism that we've been trained to participate in. Mm. Mm -hmm. Without that foundation, the whole thing falls apart. Right. So the power is truly in the people. If we choose to, and I'm not just saying black people, I mean collectively, everybody who's on the bottom. Mm-hmm. If everybody rolls up and says, you know what, we don't want to support the system anymore, guess what? There are no more elites. It's just people with numbers on a on a screen or fix right. their bank account. <laughs> eat the rich. Y'all have heard that that phrase, eat the rich, <laughs> that they mm-hmm. came up with. So this system really does belong to the people. The thing is that we're so divided psychologically by demographic that we can't get it together and, and flip this thing over. Yeah. So we're sitting here fighting while they, we're sitting back laughing like, look at all these dummies just fighting and clawing each other while we still raking in the big bucks. 
Oh, you fighting on Facebook, my platform? Yeah, keep arguing with each other. Okay. Click ads, click ads. Crabs in a barrel. They, right. they keep they keep pinning against each other with race and stuff. You hear Tucker Carson on, on TV talking about race baiting, and he worth 65 million. Right. You know, so he's they, the they number one race baiter. Race but number one, talk about oh, they don't care about the poor and elite, and he got 65 million in his, his pocket. His family is richer than rich. Mm -hmm. I think they come from the Swanson family. Don't they make the uh, chicken TV dinners or something like that? Richer than rich. They keep pinning that that on us. And, you know, you got a lot of white people who don't want to seem like they're at the bottom. Use it to make themselves feel good. And it's, like I said, keep the rich rich. Keep the poor poor. Poor poor. Because the system was it was designed on psychology, right? I was, I've been thinking about this for a long time, but it's like fear. Fear mm-hmm. is the number one engine of this country. It's all about fear. And the fear ah. is the white fear, right? They built the country off of our free labor, of course. But then the fear was a component to keep us separated. So they had to dehumanize us through fear. Somebody planted the seed that said, these people, this brute is going to kill you in your sleep. Mm-hmm. So, okay, well, we have to be militant and vigilant. We have to oversee them. We have to police their bodies. When, when uh, the emancipation happened, then we were just bullied and policed on the streets. Mm. You, didn't even, you didn't even have a place to go. So mm. we just been scrapping and struggling for 150 years just trying to survive and fit in. The mm. migration happened because of what? There were no more jobs in the South because slavery was over. Sharecropping isn't paying anything. So what are we doing? We're trekking across the country to all four corners of the country looking for jobs, any labor. Mm-hmm. Working on coasts, ports, longshoremen, factories, industry. Mm-hmm. Every city, LA, Chicago, New York, San Francisco, mm-hmm. Houston. <laughs> we migrated everywhere mm-hmm. from the South after working on farms. The mm-hmm. first housing projects was built for us as a government. Okay, we don't want you Blacks to live anywhere near us. So we're going to put you in this concentrated area called a housing project. Mm. You have nice, clean little rooms and a little, you have a little toilet and a sink, and you all can live there together. Initially, it was all the Black people put there together, the professionals. It wasn't just like the low income. You had dentists who lived next door to garbage men, but they all had a community. I have an uncle who's 85 years old. He grew up in one of the first housing projects in Chicago called Ida B. Wells. Mm. My grandmother Mm. and grandfather migrated from Memphis, Tennessee. This is where they ended up because Chicago at that time, and it still is probably the most segregated city in the United States. And it was mm-hmm. by design because whites did not want to live near blacks. And we can see that even when blacks had good jobs and had money to afford to buy houses, they were still excluded because of redlining. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And whites simply said, oh, I have the $50,000 to buy a house. Really, nigger? Okay, no, you can't live here. Go mm-hmm. back to the projects. Right. And that's how it's been. And that's how the so-called black neighborhood was created. Right. I mean, it's crazy. So just we just just have been boxed out of wealth at at every corner. So we're on a multi-front war, not just to make it for ourselves, but also to get education, also to fight against the same system that's still oppressing us and get what's due. Mm -hmm. And then we have to they have us fighting each other over relationships. We can't even we can't even get together and, and be um, harmonious with each other. We can't even be communicable. 
we can't even have civilized conversation with each other. We're looking at each other's licks and commodities. Mm-hmm. Are you just somebody I need to pay my phone bill, get my nails done? Are you just a chick to have fun with on the weekend? Look how far we've fallen. The 50s, we were doing better than we're doing now. I don't care how much money you have. Black families are more co- cohesive back then than they are now. They had more property, too, back then. Had property, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. family. And they, they see, they didn't have the luxury of this thing, what we call independence or, oh, I'm making money. I'm in corporate America. I'm free. No, you're not. You know, Black families then, they relied on each other. They didn't have the luxury of turning against each other. Because why the clan was probably riding down on you, so you needed all guns <laughs> ready at midnight. Hey, name name one name where you feel comfortable enough to go get in a, cu- a cup of sugar from right now. You see what I'm saying? We don't even know our neighbors hardly anymore. I don't know about y'all. I mean, I live in the city. I'm sure y'all live I, in the city I, too. I, I, I'm I live in the, the gorgeous county of PG, and my neighbors are on fire. But I've been living for 14 years. And correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, but isn't PG the richest black county in the no, United sir. States? It was, no, sir. It, it no, was. Sir. It was. No. It, used to be. Not, no. it was, but we're not going to. Yeah, we're going to go there. Charles <laughs> County. We're going to go there. I moved down here and then it became rich. Whatever, yeah. But, but no. You know, I'm going to keep it a buck with you. And on this note, keep it a buck with you. My neighborhood is so fire. I love it. I've been for 14 years. Like you said, you're, you're, I don't talk to my neighbors. Every time I needed them, they were there. Every time they needed stuff from me, I, I, I got them. Um, and it's all black. It is, it is, I, it's hard for me to move away from here because I've outgrown the house because this neighborhood has been so fired. I love this neighborhood. It's one of the neighborhoods I can point at and say, hey, this is what I want my kids to see. <laughs> black people owning a whole, God, I gotta be like ten acres, or no, I gotta be like a uh, over thousand houses owned by black people. Neighborhood that can ride their bikes down the street. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love it. Nobody bothering you. You know, I've lived in, in white neighborhoods where you know people looking at your your, your grass, your neighbor. They call police. So they see something. None of that. None of that. No crazy things. We just being us, and it's great. Everybody don't have to be friendly, but every, every time I need some of my neighbors, they they hook me up. And every time I need some of me, hook them up. It's that community we got in here, and I love it. I don't, I can't talk about another place other than PG. So what's even, the history um, of what's the history on PG? Why did why do you think PG became the most uh, well wealthiest black county in in the country? How did it um, end up? Well, uh, of course, a lot of people was in the city um a lot of people when they got money they wanted to move out to pg a county right outside of dc the white people they moved somewhere else you know that white flight white flight and it, yeah it just you know dc has brought a lot of people in with money and they can't afford the city or they want to get out the city so, so their kids have a better education the city got violent at a certain stretch i know it's my parents moved out to pg and then you know just a lot of people just a lot of hardworking middle class people just making money. The post office, the government, the post office, the government pretty much had black people on a. We can do something. Ah, and so you think the government jobs help create that wealth? Definitely. Mm, okay. That definitely. Absolutely. And um, they just came out here, and you know the, the sad part about PG because I love it. 
you know, like like Casey, we were somewhere earlier, she went to a commerce meeting and she said, it's number of black people, like uh, county executive black, superintendent black, everybody we vote for is black for the most part. It's just, don't I don't think they see their power. I don't think people in PGC, the power that they have outside of any other county, I've lived in a lot of counties and you just don't get this in a lot of other counties. And they just take it for granted. Like a lot of people, you know, I, I had kids that went through public schools. I went through the public schools in PG, Suitland High School. My daughter graduated from Frederick Douglass. People just don't believe in that. People are, I'm private school. You know what I'm saying? Like, this, this, and, and that aspect, there's not a lot of, of real community with that. You know, the, the overall county, as far as like, let's, this is our, it's to be some type of pride that this is our county that we can say it's the highest, the, no, it's the, the uh, most, most um, middle class black people or the most expensive black county in the country. We used to have some pride in saying that, but it's like people don't. People just like they're not nice to it. They are not nice here. I just don't understand. Not nice here. Not so you saying like you saying black people are bougie there, or they look down on each other, or what? How does it work? It's, it's, it's bougie. It's it's a little it's, it's a little everything. It's a little bit of everything. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's would you say the black people in PG are spoiled? Yes, I mean spoiled by being around each other and seeing affluence so much that they just take it for granted. They take it for granted. Yes, I definitely see that. Like they gotta mm -hmm. go, they gotta go somewhere. Like I had the privilege of living in Petersburg, uh, VA, where we had the. Uh, uh, I went to. I was stationed at Fort Lee. You know, the head of the um, Confederate Army. <laughs> we got this goddamn statue right outside my apartment complex. You see that, experience that, and you see where the black people live at, and it's like. Where they literally you they keep them there. It's like there you got your one gas station, you got liquor stores and all these kind. It's like all right, my yep. cheating. You know, seeing that and then coming up here, yeah, we got that up here too. We got but we got communities up here, and it's like you know, y'all really don't know what y'all got, and y'all really gonna blow it. They really gonna plan to get y'all out of here, soup y'all up to think, hey, it's better in another county. Go live in that county. Y'all gonna go to that county? They was like, thank you, we got PG back. We're close to DC. We got PG back. Y'all out. We good. I feel like that's what's happening. Oh, yeah. They're trying it because I'm starting to see white people in my apartment and I'm in Forest Mill. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, oh, I'm shit. Like, I saw one of the giant and she almost was in tears the way the cashier spoke to her. But I was like, girl, do you know where you are? Are you lost? Like, they come. So you're saying they, they gentrifying PG too? It's, mm -hmm. it's starting to happen. I they mean, like, for DC. It, mm. yeah, a lot of the PG, what, what's, what the difference between PG and probably like any other gentrification is like the people in PG do have money. Like, so if they leave, it's on their own reconnaissance. This is because they want to move. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know a lot of people move to Howard County, and I was like, I, I guess, but the sense of community is not in Howard County to me. Like, you know what I'm saying? No offense to Howard County. It's like a lovely county. The school board is fire. But when my kid walked down the street, <laughs> I don't have to fear that. She's going to wind up on a TikTok video because some white person asks, do you belong here? Some some craziness. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I said, I lived here for 14 years. Never an incident with my kids and something, you know, of happening or they feel like they're not warning the neighborhood or we feel like, you know, we trespass our own neighborhood. It's, it's, been, it's been a great feeling. Chocolate City, man. Have you heard the story about the... Um... The, two, the black farmers out in Colorado who were getting harassed and yes. some white people trying to run them out of there? Yes, out of control. Out of control. Yeah. That's, you know what? They got farmland in PG. <laughs> they, got, they got farmland. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just, it's, it's a, it would be nice 
to be in those areas to take a but but these white white people and the fact that it's not just these white people that do this it's just the fact that the law is not even the law is not even protecting the black farmers on it. The law is colluding. The law is colluding with the racists. Out of control. They're not the same side. Out of control. And it's like, I understand, you know, we all shouldn't be bunched up, but. So uh, that just shows you how, how free we actually are. Right. You know, if so you. Go somewhere. E.T. County is almost like a bubble. But if you go to any other major city or just go to any other state, in the country and really see what it's like to be black and live out there. You're like, oh, okay. Oh, you make a hundred thousand. That's nice. But we don't we don't want you to live here. Right. Go right, back to exactly. wherever you came from. You like what? When you when you go to that white banker and he's like, I want a loan, where you where you where you're probably gonna be at? oh no, not it's not gonna be there. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Right. Gotta be somewhere else. He said the black farmers when they moved to that area, they would go just to the local stores and people look at them like they aliens, like why do you even come here? Like, why are you here? Like, people literally ask them, like clerks and postal postal clerks, like, why are you here? He's like, uh, I run a business, ma'am. I have a farm. I own thousand acres. Yeah, we feed people. We're part of the U.S. economy. Yeah, that's yeah. why we're here. <laughs> we don't want we, no. We don't want your kind around here. It's crazy. They don't even care. They don't. They don't. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this was a great uh, debate. I really appreciate all of y'all uh, joining me and having this great debate. I think uh, it's great that genders, we talk and we discuss things and we just, you know, clear the air on some things. I think this is a good good start of the healing process. See, wasn't that bad, Casey? It was wonderful. Good, good discussion, not a debate, a discussion. That's even better. Thank you. Thank you. Good, a great discussion. Great discussion. I was gonna call it gender wars, but I didn't wanna I didn't wanna do war. We got we got you know words matter. And that's a better word. Discussion's a better right. word. You, correct. I, I don't gender war anyway. I don't I don't do that. Yeah, yeah. Can't be a world myself. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I wanna thank y'all for coming out. I appreciate y'all. Uh it is past my bedtime. <laughs> so, you know. Uh but thank y'all again. I really appreciate it. It's really turned out great. This is Jesse, right? That's the title.